Melissa Dawn Hasley was a 31-year-old from Des Moines, Iowa. She was the youngest of three sisters and loved Led Zeppelin. On October 18, 2002, Melissa went to a party in an apartment building downtown. After a couple hours, and without explanation, she left the complex through a fire door, setting off the alarm. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. made the point before on this program, in the Unfound series of books, and in my conversations with all of you, that although violent crime in the U.S. has gone down dramatically, for example, this country was a much more violent place in 1970, the year I was born, than it is now, that despite that, suicides, mental illness, and drug addiction have gone up, and that those three things have escalated together is not a coincidence in my opinion. This should be an alarming trend for everyone. For me personally, as a guy who covers disappearances exclusively, I am kind of aware of this even without knowing the statistics. Because back in the 1960s and 70s, despite them being violent times, a disappearance like Melissa Hasley's was fairly rare, where her friends seemed to not care at all that she walked out a door and was never seen again. Their attitude flippant at best, just carrying on with their lives as if it never happened. This phenomenon seems to be new, starting in the 1990s. Lola Catherine Fry, Jamie Bowen, Greg Brooks, Joshua Guimond. All our cases where friends kind of just shrugged their shoulders and said, Oh well. I ask, have we changed? Has our culture changed? Have we overall become a less caring society? Have we become a society that simply says, Hey, I'm just happy it wasn't me. If so... Somebody should be sounding the alarm. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Goodsight, charlieproject.org. Missy Hasley chose a difficult path in life. She was close with her two older sisters, but this closeness led to Missy copying their addictions and behaviors. By her 20s, Missy was a woman who was known on the streets, and she was surrounded by at least two men who would go on to become murderers. This was a situation when Missy attended a party thrown by an unnamed blind woman in an apartment complex in Des Moines, Iowa, on October 18, 2002. Missy was 31 at the time, and many of the people at this party were acquaintances of hers. Allegedly, nothing of any note happened at this party. But late that night or early the next morning, Missy went outside and sat on the fire escape of the building. From there, she left the party altogether setting off the alarm on a fire door as she did so. The police showed up to check the alarm, but found nothing unusual. However, Missy was never seen again. Due to the circles Missy ran in, trying to figure out what exactly happened to her is difficult. However, the following factors point to foul play. Number one, a man Missy knew murdered a woman in 1998, and another of Missy's friends was rumored to be an accessory. This friend was in her life at the time of her disappearance. Number two, the violence she experienced being a prostitute 
And number three, the murder of Missy's oldest sister who was inquiring about Missy's disappearance at the time of her death four years later. She was murdered by another man the Hasley sisters knew. The guest for this episode is Missy's sister, Lois Hasley. Unfound News By the time you hear this, I will be back in Florida. I was in Pennsylvania for over a month. Hard to believe the time flies by so fast. Some of the people I got to see while in Pennsylvania who are affiliated with Unfound are Dr. Eric Grabowski, Jennifer Bertetto, and a man who as a boy got off at the same bus stop that Sherry Mahan did when she disappeared from Cabot, Pennsylvania in 1985. I wish I could have seen a few more people, but there just wasn't the time. Next, I haven't talked about it in a while, but the efforts to expand Unfound's influence continue. Granted, it's slow going, but trying to break through with some media companies and SiriusXM, along with speaking on college campuses, is being done when I have the time. The overall goal is to educate the public about what is really going on in the missing persons community, to also let them know how they can assist in these unsolved cases. Finally, we are now into what I consider to be the beginning of year three of Unfound. By my calculations, we've now covered, including this episode, 92 cases. That's just under 100 people, not including all the ones on Flight 370 who are still missing. So yes, Case 100 is coming soon. Who will it be? I don't know right at this second. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, Podomatic, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify. Concerning Facebook, please join us on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern for the Unfound live show on the Unfound page. I also need to give a shout out to all of the new followers on the Podomatic app. The email address, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. The website, unfoundpodcast.com. The website at TribTotalMedia, triblive.com forward slash news forward slash unfound. Unfound has Patreon and PayPal accounts. Your contributions provide for many of the items guests have received so far. I need to thank Cindy and Mary Jo this week. Unfound Merchandise, Volumes 1, 2, 3, and 4 on Amazon in both paperback and ebook form. Let's get some nice reviews for all of the books, if you could. The playing cards, go to makeplayingcards.com. Shirts for almost all of Unfound's cases at myshopify.com. And please mention Unfound on all True Crime Facebook pages and other websites and forums. Thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the sister of Melissa Hasley, Lois Hasley. Lois, welcome to Unfound. Hello. Thank you. Let's start here. Tell the listeners about your sister, Melissa. Now, is she, first of all, is she your older sister or younger sister? My younger sister. All right. By how many years? Uh, a year and a month. A year and a month. Okay. How many uh, brothers and sisters uh, were in your family? What was the family there, dynamic? 
there was only three of us. There was only three girls. I'm in the middle. Okay. So Melissa was younger than you, and then we you have an older sister, Georgina, who we're going to talk about later in the program, yes. right? Okay. Yes. What was it like growing up uh, right there smack in the middle between uh, them? And, you know, how did you and particularly Melissa get along? Uh, me and Melissa got along great. Um, Georgina, when we was growing up, Georgina used to pick on me, and Melissa would back me up. She was my rock. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Okay. You said that she was a year and a month younger than you, so in school, yes. I guess she was like a grade behind, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, well... I got held back a couple times in school. Oh, okay. Okay. So you had uh, three sisters, and what was, uh, in particular, what was Melissa into? Was she What kind of music and um, everything Melissa was she like? Melissa was into Led Zeppelin. Was she? Yes. Okay. She loved Led Zeppelin. She Love loved it. the Tasmanian Devil. You mean from uh, Looney Tunes? From Looney Tunes? Yes, yes the oh, Tasmanian cool. Devil. That was that, her favorite. That's neat. Uh, Let's see her. I don't remember her favorite color. I think it was a a, a pearl light color, like a diamond light color was her uh -huh. favorite color. Yes, yeah, okay. and pink. Pink was her favorite color too. I remember that. Yeah. Would you say yeah. that you and she uh, had a lot in common, or or what? Yeah, pretty much. Me and Missy. I mean, we had a really lot in common. Um, she kind of like always liked the same thing I did. We did the same things together growing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you, so, uh, like into the same music, like you said, and maybe into the yeah. same kind of hobbies or yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. At the age, but at an age, let's see, at an age eleven and a half, I got sent away, and oh. we were split up for a while. So. Oh no! Was that how did you feel about that? Did you two keep in touch? This would have been probably yeah. before email and everything. Yeah. But how did you yeah, two we, keep in touch? We kept in touch through a phone. I was in West Germany. This is when it was West Germany at the time. Wow. And she was still here and she never left my mom's side. Never. She mm -hmm. was, a, you know, she was a mommy's little girl. Yeah. So, and this yeah. would have been in Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa? Yes, in Des Moines, Iowa. I was, I was born, we was all born and raised in Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. What was it like growing up there? Good, good town? Yeah, it was good for us. I mean, we liked it. We moved around a lot, yes, because my mom, my father and my mother got divorced, I believe, when I was like two years old. And Melissa would have been around one, if I think around one years old. And they got a divorce, and um, my mother had to support three girls, so she kept three jobs and then some jobs. You know, she had to get up and go to work, you know, but we had babysitters. So we pretty much had to, you know, do everything on our own. Georgina used to have to babysit us, and I loved it, though. I mean, I, I, I would give anything to have my sisters back. Yeah, right. Now, we can talk about this, and the listeners of Unfound know that here on this program, we make no judgments. We don't care about the people's background or what they've gotten okay. themselves into. We don't care. You know, if you were out there, like you were the sister of, of you refer to her as Missy, you're out mm -hmm. there, you want to try to figure out what happened to Missy, if she's still out there, or maybe something, you know, bad happened, we just don't know. Yeah. But we don't care about what she, the choices that she made in her life, we don't care who she hung out with, if you want to, you know, try to find her, we want to try to help. But we do have to talk about this, because this could be an element of her disappearance. 
Yeah. You know, and, and you've been honest with me about your own struggles over the years. Yes. But, um, you know, when did it start uh, to be that Missy maybe got into some, started to take on um, some addictions? At the uh, age, let's see here. I started, I'm pretty much the one that got into everything that I told you, you know, the prostitution and the drugs. Yeah. I was, uh, I had got raped at 14. So, I started getting into drugs and all that when I was about 15, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Melissa, my sister, Melissa, she saw that it was quick, easy money. So she wanted to do it. Melissa had her GED. She held down a job. Uh, she saw that I, she was working for, um, what is that? Um, Grimes. It was a place in Grimes. It was a radiator place in Grimes, Iowa. Radiators for Grimes, Iowa. She was working there, and she seen that I was making quick, fast, easy money, and was getting high at the time, and that's what she wanted to do, you know. And yeah, I always kind of blamed myself for it, but everybody said it wasn't my fault. Yeah. She, well, she was, what, 16, 17 years old. She can make decisions, yeah, well, right? 18, yeah. 19 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but, you know, she was at 20, about 20, when she was about 20, 21, something like that. You know, she she had met John, she had met Johnny a long time ago, John Burke. And she would, you know, and this is after I got her, you know, she got into the drugs and everything. And she met Johnny and they would travel and they, you know, go to Omaha and stuff like that. And she'd come back and. I mean, I, my sister and I, we've been, my sisters and I, we've been through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You so know. she, did she, would you say that uh, she struggled with these choices or I mean, did it go okay for a I, while, I think like in her, le- in her early twenties or what? Yeah, she was, she was okay with the, you know, she was okay for a while there and we never had a problem and, you know, and it's just, I don't, I, I don't know how to say it. I mean. She just, I don't know what was going on. It's just that maybe we'd find the wrong crowd and be around the wrong crowd. And But I would always seem to get away. You know, I would be the one to move on and keep going. You know, everybody, my own, my only family, my own family would always tell me, well, Loie, it, it, you know, we always thought it was going to be you that disappeared. That's what they called me, Loie, not Lois. Mm-hmm. You know, we always thought it was you that was going to end up gone or we never thought that it was your sister Missy. Never thought it would be Missy. Hmm. Melissa. Okay. Let's talk about some people that uh, entered into you, your and Missy's life. I'm. I mean, should I ask yeah. Georgina kind of get into this as well as as well? Well, Georgina I'm... was in the same thing as we were. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. There were some uh, guys, mostly, that uh, mm-hmm. you met along the way, and some of them uh, kind of play a part, uh, we believe, yes. possibly in her disappearance. Let's just start with Doug Daystrom. Um, how did you and uh, – how did Melissa get to know him? You know, early Who, on, was he was on he, the uh, streets? Just on the streets. Yes, he was a – what they call a John. Was he? Okay. Yeah. So that's how you first, that's how Melissa first met him? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's and, how we both, that's how we all met him. Okay. And you, all con- three of us. and you continued to know him up through the time that uh, Melissa disappeared? Yes. So how long would you say that you knew him before she disappeared? Roughly? Um, 
I knew John. We, we knew we knew um, uh, Doug. Uh, let's see, Missy disappeared in two thousand eight. I'd say around, or no, she disappeared two thousand two. I'm sorry. I'd say around nineteen ninety. Is in the early or, uh, the late nineteen nineties. Okay. All right. Yeah. So maybe five years you knew him. Something yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. And what was what was his uh, job? I we, we realized that we know how he ran into. Well, to, yeah. I job? when I when I met him, he was uh, always wearing like a nurse's uniform. Hmm. You know, he wore a nurse's uniform. He wore what do you call those things that you put around scrubs. your neck? Or scrubs? Or... Yeah, yeah, the scrubs. But no, the, for the listen to your heart and everything. Oh, stethoscope. Yeah, he wore one of those and this and that. And I mean, and then he started working for J and J Trucking. Huh. Okay. I mean, we know that uh, obviously he was uh, into prostitutes, but otherwise, was he a kind of guy? Would you say that he was a little scary guy? Or he was. He was a little scary. He really was. Okay. I mean, I got bad vibes around him. Mm-hmm. I would a lot. Yes. Okay. Let's move on to the next person. We'll have to go back to Doug in a little bit. What about Gilbert Williams? Who's he? He is an old friend of John Burke and James Crabb. And how did you you, uh, all know? How did Melissa in particular know him? Well, James James Crabb was a friend of ours. We met him through on the street. And we met Gilbert on the street. Gilbert Williams. We met him on the street, and we really got to know Gilbert through his uh, girlfriend, which married a friend of ours that we used to see. Okay. And we would go over to their house and party. So, Gilbert, would you say that uh, he was into drugs and things yes. in the time, too? Okay. Yes, he was. Okay. Did Doug and Gilbert know each other? Yes, I believe they did. Okay. You've already mentioned this guy. His name is John Burke. Who's he? He is a friend of Missy's that Missy was acquainted with. Um, she used to travel with him and live with him in Omaha. Okay. And what kind of guy was he? Would you Would you say? He's He's really a nice guy. He I I really liked Johnny. He was really nice. Um, I think he worked as a computer tech. I'm not for sure. Okay. Yeah. So he was was he was he also a John like Doug was or was he just friends I believe he was when uh, when Missy first met him I think so I'm not very sure because I wasn't around with her at the time okay but and, I, and, her I, and I, Johnny lived together they did okay and I want to ask you yeah. about that in a sec about you and her at the time okay uh, uh, there is a, a Eugene Cherry who's he he is a he is a guy that we knew that we used to go over to his house and party party at all right. Did all these guys, Doug, Gilbert, Johnny, and Eugene, did they all kind of know each other, or were they separate groups? Or were, were separate? Eugene never. I don't think you. Excuse me. I don't think Eugene knew Doug. Not to my knowledge. Okay. And then finally, we have a woman in here, Kim McCormick. Who is who is she? That was that was my sister's bestest friend. Um, Kim had got herself into a uh was involved with this lady that ran a uh strip club it mm-hmm. uh kim used to dance there and you know and 
the lady, I don't know what happened with the lady, but Missy ran into this girl and took her in as she was pregnant. And they've been best friends ever since. Okay. Now, as for you and Missy, uh, were you in Des Moines, Iowa at the time? Yes, I wasn't. I was in Des Moines at the time. Melissa disappeared. Yes. Okay. How often would you say that you saw her? What was going on in the relationship between? How were you two I, getting along? I I saw Missy. I saw Melissa every day. Hmm. That I had seen her that day before she disappeared because me and her got in a big argument and a fight, and because she wanted to go back over to this house to party. Uh, Eugene Cherry, she wanted to go back over there, and I told her, no, don't do it. Wait, you know, at least wait for me to get there. She knew she wouldn't wait. She went on ahead and went over there, and then Eugene had invited her to another party that was downtown at a blind lady's house. I don't know her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say that the, in the in the days and weeks before her disappearance, would you say that there was anything maybe new going on? Uh, any, I mean, obviously both of you are involved maybe with some dangerous, you know, obviously some dangerous habits and, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe a, a few dangerous guys around you. Were there, was there any change, any scary things or any people yes, stalking, anything she, like that going she on? Just kept, I think she just kept feeling like somebody was following her or watching her. And she was scared of Doug. Mm-hmm. She was scared of Doug. She was scared of Gilbert. And had yeah. would you say that uh, if you mentioned those two, had they maybe done things outside of just a regular prostitute and John uh, relationship? I mean, I'm pretty think? well. I'm pretty sure Gilbert. I'm not. I'm not for sure about how this true this is, but Gilbert was saying that Missy supposedly snitched on somebody, and Gilbert knew the people, and Gilbert had to take care of it because he was in a gang with them, the Bloods or whatever. I don't. I don't know how true it is. You know. Right. Um. Missy had took Gilbert over to Doug's house at one point, and. They were all partying there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but from from what maybe what I'm asking is, there was any? I mean, when she obviously she did disappear. Uh, would you mm-hmm. could you have ever suspected in the weeks leading up to her disappearance that that was going to happen? Or no, no, not at all. Okay. Was she? I mean, she, I would get feelings. Wait. I would get. I would get feelings that you know maybe something bad would happen to her. But I didn't think it ever would. I would, I would feel, you know, I'd be like, Melissa, just stop, slow down. You know, I, I, I don't know what else to think. I mean, I miss her and I love her. Yeah. You know? I know. I know. And the listeners should know that you, of course, eventually did get out of all of that. And you've been clean and sober for a long time now. Yes, I have. Good for you. Good for yes, you, I have. Good for you. About seven years almost. Good. Uh, getting back to this time of maybe September into early October of 2002, uh, did Missy have a roommate? Um, she she was staying with some guy. Um, I can't re- I think his last name was Henley or Hensley or something like that or Kensley. I can't remember his last name. Mm-hmm. He was an older gentleman. 
and all of her stuff was there. Her and her boyfriend that she was with at the time, his name was Robbie. That's I couldn't remember his name last time. Yeah. And I can't remember his last name. Um, they were split up. He went home and she went home and then she ended up back over in Eugene Carey's house. Okay. So, yeah, she was living with an older gentleman. Okay. But she was just staying there, you know. And how do you think they were getting along? They got along really good. Her and the man got along really good. Now, her and Robbie, I don't know. They they had their ups and they had their downs, like every couple does. Right, and you say you don't quite remember his last name. No, I do not. All right. No, I do not. That's fine. I know his family didn't like Missy. His family didn't like him around Missy. They didn't like Missy at all. His family didn't. I can't remember his last name for nothing. Okay. So what we have established here is she's living in Des Moines, Iowa. You're living in Des Moines, Iowa. You're seeing mm-hmm. her quite often, maybe every day. Yep. You're partying with her. You're doing other things with her. You have a lot of the same common friends, mm-hmm. you know, and associates and, and whoever else. And so that brings us to the day that we believe she disappeared, and that's October 18th, uh, 2002. Uh, what do you personally remember about that day? You personally, what did you do well, that day? What that were you doing? Day, okay, so that day, well, let me start with the night she disappeared. That night she disappeared, I was on my way to go meet her at um, at Eugene Cherry's in Oak Ridge Apartments. And... I got there and everybody said, well, she's gone. She's down at a different party. Well, nobody would tell me where this party was. I said, okay, I'll just go back home. I went back home and nobody's heard or talked to my sister for two or three days. And then that's, you know, and that's not like Missy. Missy would pick up my phone no matter, or her phone, no matter what, and call my mom, you know. And and a lot of people say they don't believe in these things, but me and Missy were so close that I could, you know, I could feel and hear her scream, even without a phone by us. That's how close we were. You know, and I just felt there was something bad about I felt bad vibes and everything. And that's when me and my mom, my mom and I put out a missing persons report. Okay. So what you're yeah. saying is on October 18th, uh, you were supposed to see her. At a, at somewhere on the 18th is that was that like yep. a friday or saturday what, what i can't remember what day that was um all i know october 18 2000 i can't even remember what day that was okay that's fine i think it was because we we pretty much as we you know go and doing what i do we pretty much partied all the time and that's oh, how okay. it was sure okay so you were supposed to meet her at some somewhere, and then Eugene Cherries, yes, Eugene Cherries, and she wasn't there. But then nobody else would tell you where she where was. she was. Why yes. did that ever happen before? When you were no. looking, for, it never happened. No, no, oh. yeah, it just didn't sound right. I mean, oh, she'll be back. She'll be back. Mm-hmm. You said yes. that you had talked to her the day, or seen her maybe the day before. I've seen her that day. But, well, before. The day before she disappeared, we'd we'd spoken to each other. Mm-hmm. We were getting high, and she wanted me to go home, and I didn't want to go home. And you know, she was yelling at me to go home. And I said, "Okay, I'll go home. What are you going to do?" So I'm gonna go over to Eugene. I'll, no, don't go over there. I'll go over there with you, because I knew Gilbert would go with. He'd go over there and see if you know somebody wanted to buy some drugs for food stamps. 
you know. Okay. And I knew she had this problem with Gilbert because Gilbert had went after her one time with a baseball bat. So on that, so you saw her the day before. You saw her like on October seventeenth, then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And did she so ever? She say... disappeared at like one, at like one something in the morning. It was twelve something or one something in the morning. She disappeared. Of October eighteenth or October nineteenth. Yeah. I believe it was the. They say it was the eighteenth, but I keep. I just swear to God, it's the nineteenth. Okay, so maybe. Yeah. She went out the evening of October 18th, and then the last time somebody saw her was early on October 19th, possibly. Yes. Okay. Um, did she ever say that? I mean, the last time you saw her, did she tell you what party she was going to be going to? Or so you? No. Really... Hmm. She didn't. She just said she was going over to Eugene's, and that's all she said. Hmm. Do you think there's any I, reason? I believe it was. Please. I believe it was like a, a payday. You know, like, uh, like, because they get government checks, you know, SSI or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do, uh, and Missy you... did sell drugs, too, you know. But uh-huh. Missy never shot drugs. As far as I know, Missy never shot up drugs. It was, it was she used, and she sold it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, did. Do you can you think of any other time you know you being in the same city with her singer all the time that she ever didn't tell you of some party that she was going to like ever withheld no. anything like that? No, never. Hmm. Me and Missy was that close. I mean, she would tell me where she's going, or I'd ask her, and she would you know she would say something. I mean, if she didn't want me to know, she'd be like none of your business. But I mean, we were so close, she would tell me. That's so. That's why I'm wondering. You know, uh, you two do sound close, so it sounds weird to me that she'd be going to a party and she wouldn't tell you about it. That's why I'm asking. Just a question. Yeah. Just a question. I understand. Now, you said that you ended up filing a missing persons report roughly three days later, I so believe- maybe the it was my It was my mom, I believe it was. Um, well, she when she came up missing, we knew something was wrong because my mom would call her phone and call her phone and call her phone and it wouldn't. I think it went straight to voicemail or nobody would answer it. Now, you oh. said that she did have a roommate or she was living with some guy. I don't know if it was yes. exactly a boyfriend, but, you know, what no, did he, he say? Was an older, he was an older man. They, my mom and my mom questioned him and stuff, and he said that, you know, she was supposed to be coming home that night, and she never did. She never showed up. Okay. Do you believe him? Yes, I do believe him. Okay. Now, you eventually did find out, and you had already kind of mentioned it in passing, that there was this other party thrown by this blind woman who uh-huh. you don't remember her name. No. But um, at some point later, though, you did hear about this other party that you didn't know about. What did you find? How did you find out about it? When did you find out about it? And what went on? I, I found out about it uh, when we were asking about where Missy, where Missy had went. And they said that she had went downtown with Eugene because I had asked Eugene. And he said that he took her downtown and he said he left. I don't know how true that was. Okay. All right. And this was downtown and this was at this blind woman's apartment? Yes. Down, it was downtown in Des Moines, Iowa. 
And you didn't, you, I know, don't remember what the woman's name is now. No, I do I'm, not. I, I never knew her name. Okay. So you yeah. never, you never met her before and you never met her. Well, since. I never met her before. Um, me, Johnny and Kim had went down there, you know, to see if we could find any clues and we couldn't find no clues except for what I told you about that. I got a bad vibe when I went down there in the alley part mm-hmm. and, you know, we went in the building and I went to the lady's door and I asked her about my sister. And she said, yeah, she ran out of here. She said she was in the bathroom talking with a couple people, Gilbert and somebody or something. And then there was somebody else there. I don't know how true everything is. You, all you can tell us is what you've been told. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I asked the lady about it, and she said she don't know what happened. All she knows is that Missy ran out of the building. She ran out of the building. All they know is the fire alarms went off, and Missy's gone. That's all anybody knows. Okay. So let's back up just a little bit. So this one guy is saying that he took Missy down to this other party at this blind woman's place. Who knows how yes. they even, she even found out about it. I mean, if you didn't know this woman... We're not sure how Missy would have known that woman's being. Uh, I guess Eugene invited her with him. It was supposed to be, he was going down to meet Gilbert to buy drugs off of Gilbert, I guess. And it ended up being a party. Okay. So Missy ends up in this party. Gilbert's there. Uh, Maybe uh, Eugene is there. Some of these people that we've already uh, mentioned. Would uh, Kim, her friend, be there? there? No, Kim wasn't there. Kim was living, Kim was living in Minnesota. With her husband. Okay. Was Johnny Burke there? Uh, I don't know. I got told. I got told. My mom said. My mom. She'll probably request. I'm sorry. I'll tell you about that later. Okay. Uh, My mom. My mom said that John Burke and Doug Daystrom had been in town that day. Okay. So possibly. Yeah. um, Maybe they were there. And once again, Doug Daystrom is the guy. And he's going to play a big role here later. But. Yeah. Um. You know, maybe he was at the party. We don't know. And, uh, you know, no offense to this woman being blind, but maybe there yeah. could have been some people that, she, you know, that were there that she didn't know. Once she again, she knew a lot of the people there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, yes, you told me that uh, in, in how many days would you say it was after Missy disappeared that you went down there and talked to this woman? The ne- I, I'm pretty sure it was either the next day or the next two days after Missy disappeared. I wanted to know what was going on, what was going on about my sister. Okay. Nobody was saying nothing. Okay, so roughly approximately October 20th, October 21st, yes. of 2002. Okay. Do you think that this blind woman was telling you the truth? Did you get the feeling that she was being honest with you? Um, In a way, and in a way not. I think, you know, even though they can't, some people can't see, they, they recognize voices. They recognize their area, you know, around them pretty much. But, I mean, I think she was kind of feeding me. You know, she kind of knew something but didn't want to say nothing. And that's how a lot of people are anymore. If somebody can pay them in drugs or in money or whatever to keep their mouth shut, they're going to do it. You know, that's that's just how the world goes anymore. And I, I, I don't like it like that. I don't. Okay. Sure. Now you, you know, said something. I was, what Ed? Please. I I just want to know what happened to my sister. That's all we want to know. We just want to bring her home. Right. 
whether it's her remains or her, we we just want to know what happened to Melissa Don Hasley. Right. Now, you did say something interesting here that the claim is that she was at the party, she was with some people, and then she left, and the fire mm-hmm. alarm went off or the fire escape? Yes, the fire alarm went off. That Now, I got told that somebody had called the fire department because it went off, and somebody, uh, they said a blonde girl was sitting on the fire escape. And when they got down there, there was no sign of Missy. They said after that, she ran out the fire escape door downstairs. There's a front door and there's a back door. And then there's a fire escape that people can go out on the fire escape. She ran out underneath the fire escape and out the back door. Now, I don't know if the fire alarm goes off or what, but I know they go off when you go on to the fire escape. Right, there's like electronic trigger or something yes, like that. Yes. To let to, you know, to let people know that somebody went out that door. Yes. Okay. And and did you say that the that the fire company show up or did the police show up? To, I, I mean, think what, it was the police. I'm not. I'm not too sure. I would really have to ask my mom on that one. Okay. Yeah. So what you're saying is, once she, if we're to believe this. Once she blew out there and blew out and ran out this door or walked out this door, this yes. that went, that's the last time that anybody really ever saw, saw her. her. Ever saw yep. her. Okay. And you had already said that a couple of days after you were down there uh, asking around, you talked to this blind woman, and you said that your mother filed a police report. Did the police do anything? Um, I don't know if they ever went down and questioned. They, they said they questioned people. And that they didn't get no leads, and now it's at a dead end stop. Okay. Do you believe that they they might have not have taken this seriously because of some of the things that your sister yes. was into? Yes, I do. I do believe that. Okay. Did your sister uh, Missy have any felonies or anything like that for no drug, felonies no drug felonies. possession or prostitution anything like that she had um i believe she did have a prostitution charges i believe she did have uh paraphernalia charges but she was there were no warrants out for her arrest or anything not like that, that i know of no okay. not that i know of okay and you know, but maybe, you know, we know how the police can be. Uh, you know, sometimes yeah. they want to believe that some people, especially if they have an addiction or two, um, they're less inclined to be interested in, in that yes. case than in some others. That's just that's just a fact. I run into that over and over and over. But you, uh, your mother filed this police report. Maybe they did some things and maybe they didn't. But you personally, you knew some of these people. Um, did you ever... Uh, go and talk to any of the people that you suspected were at the party. Did you ever talk to Doug Daystrom or Johnny Burke, any of these people? No, no, I didn't. And, you know, and I blame myself for that because I was still on drugs and and I was scared because I didn't know if they told me anything, I didn't know if they were going to come after me or, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen, you know? And, that's where Georgina came in. Georgina was out there trying to find things about Melissa and my mom and everybody thinks Georgina got too close on finding out about Missy and she's gone now. She was murdered in 2006. Yeah. I want to talk about that in a little bit. Okay. All right. And we will definitely uh, talk, you know, 
give you everybody the listeners that angle. But yeah. right at that time, that those few days, that week, the month after, um, nobody did anybody ever come to you, being that you they know that you are Missy's sister, and say, "Hey, I no. believe this happened to her. No, nope. I believe that happened to her. Anything? No, not at all. Even though these people, a lot of these people at this blind woman's party were, you know, her, were Missy's friends, were your friends, you know, yeah. you know, acquaintances. Yes." Everybody just kind of buttoned their lips, huh? Yep. Everybody just shut up, buttoned their lip up, and kept quiet. Okay. Was uh, we're going to talk about him in a moment here, but Doug Daystrom once again was he at either of these parties? Do you know? All I know is that somebody said that he was supposed to have been on a on the road, you know, because the company he worked for was J and J Trucking. I don't know what his supplies or something. I don't know what it is. Uh, they said that I had heard that he was parked across the street at an, it's an old school. It used to be called Tech High. Now it's called Sylvian. I think it's called Sylvian. I'm not for sure what it's called. Okay. And it's right there on Grand Avenue. Okay. Yeah. So we're not sure if he was any of the parties. He might have been out of town. He might have been at work. Um, we're just not sure about that. Yep. Now we're going to go in a little bit of a different direction here. Okay. Because we, um, there could be um, at least one other murder, an outright murder with a body left behind. Um, yep. That maybe in some way could be related to Melissa's disappearance. And that would be the murder of Patricia. Howlett, that it happened, I think, four years before Melissa disappeared. Did you or and or Melissa know Patricia Howlett? No. No. Did not know her? No. Okay. But we can tell the listeners is that she was murdered in 1998 by a guy. His name was Jerry Proctor, P-R-O-C-T-O-R. Mm -hmm. Now, did you and or Melissa know him? Melissa knew Jerry Proctor. Um, Doug Daystrom had took her over to his house. Uh, I, I believe several times. I know I went with her at one time. And we go up to the door. And he told my sister, don't be alarmed. But there's a girl or a body in the basement. I'm not for sure. But he said a girl. And I didn't. it really freaked me out. It scared me. Because... You know, I could hear Missy in the other room, but she's screaming a little. I don't know if she was getting hurt or what. Mm. What year yeah. do you believe this was? Uh, let me think. I It might have been around the time before they found out that the lady was burnt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the listeners, I'm sure you can look it up uh, for Patricia Howlett. She was found um, burned to death. I don't know if that was exactly the cause of death, but she was found burned and murdered uh, in, in some park or ball field, something like that. A diamond, it, I believe it was called Diamond Baseball Field. Diamond Baseball Field. Yeah. And eventually they narrowed it down that Jerry Proctor was the person who did this. Uh, and he was convicted. But his defense attorney, what did his defense attorney try to say? Uh, his defense attorney had, but as far as I know, Doug Daystrom was involved in it, but they couldn't prove that Doug Daystrom did anything. 
Yes. So yeah. Doug Daystrom and Jerry Proctor, as you've already stated, uh, they knew each other and they might have even been friends. Kind of close. Yeah. And and people can go, uh, if they do a search, like on newspapers.com, you will find that during the trial of Jerry Proctor, his defense attorney tried to put the blame, at least part of the blame, on Doug Daystrom. But Jerry Proctor is the only guy who went to jail for Patricia Howlett's um, murder. And Doug Daystrom got to walk around free. And in fact, of course, he was out a free man when... Uh, Melissa disappeared in 2002. Do you believe, and what were you thinking at the time? Maybe you know what Missy was thinking at the time. Did you two possibly believe that Doug Daystrom had something to do with Patricia Howlett's murder? Yes. Yes. You believe that? Yes, I do. And I believe that he has something to do with my sister's disappearance. Right. That's, I know. Yeah. Um, but... Do you know the last time that before the day that, of course, Melissa disappeared, that Doug Daystrom and Melissa were ever together? Uh, Melissa, she, I know that she would tell me that, that she's got to let me go because Doug's picking her up or, I mean, I, I really can't place, I can't remember that, that because Doug did come and pick her up a lot. Mm-hmm. She she always used his Cadillac because he used to drive a gray Cadillac. I don't remember what year. And do you think that it ever bothered? Did Doug know that you and Melissa specifically miss Melissa being that she's the one that disappeared? Did he ever suspect that Missy might have thought he did something to Patricia Howlett as well? Yes. Yes. Melissa mm-hmm. feared for her life because she told told my mom. Uh, my mom and I, if anything ever happened to her, Doug Daystrom had something to do with it. And if you can maybe explain this, you know, why is it then do you think that she still, you know, once again, I know, I know many, many people can't even begin to understand, you know, what you, I know you have been through in your life and what Missy went yeah. through. And of course, your other sister, Georgina, that we're going to talk about here in a second. Okay. Uh, very, you know, dangerous time for all of you. What would... Um, you know, what was Melissa thinking continuing to be around a guy that maybe she thought might have had a hand in another woman's murder? I'm thinking that maybe it was the money or she was just scared that she couldn't leave. But mm-hmm. I think that she knew too much of anything. And I think that they just wanted to silence her about it is what I'm thinking. Did, Before she did run and say, run and say anything. Did you ever have any one-on-one conversations with Doug Daystrom? Like just hanging no, out? No, not someone? really. I had, me and Kim McCormick, she had called him one night, and he picked us up. And we were over on, it was over by Douglas Avenue. He knew right where it was, over at a friend of my family. My uncle knows this guy. His name's Nick. We were over there. Doug came and picked us up in his truck. I wouldn't sit by Doug because I just, I just wouldn't. I couldn't do that. I couldn't sit by him. I didn't want to have anything to do with him. And we go down to his work, and I don't, I don't know what he's burning. He's burning something um, on the grounds of J and J Trucking. I don't know. I to this day I don't know what it was, but he just kept looking at me. You know, and just it, it freaked me out. And what did, was this before or after Missy disappeared? After Missy disappeared. 
And at that time, uh, let me just ask you this. When Missy disappeared, you know, when you she didn't come back after a few days or something, uh, yes. was your number one thought that Doug could have done something to her? Yes. Yes. And my mother's number one thought, too. Okay. And if you can say, is there anything that uh, Doug might have done after Missy disappeared that led you to believe that he did something, anything that you I, might have seen or heard? I, or? Well, I have seen, I've never seen, the, in his vehicle, he always kept it clean in the truck that he drove. And there was like red spots, you know, like dots from like mm -hmm. a blood splatter in the vehicle. And it was like he was cleaning out the back of the vehicle, the, the, the truck, because it's like a big trucking company. Yeah. And... I, you know, it just freaked me out because what, why would he be staring at me and then burning something, you know, and it may, I just got a chill because I don't know if that was my sister's clothing that he was burning or what it was. Or it could have been something harmless. It could have nothing to yeah. do. We just don't know. Yeah. But at yeah. that point, after your sister disappeared, I'm sure your, you know, your senses were on high alert, you know, yes. looking for anything. Yes, they were. Okay. Uh, how would you say that you and Doug got along after Missy disappeared? Uh, we never talked to Doug anymore. Mm. Never talked to him. He tried to, when my mother put put a missing person's report out on her, Doug tried to offer up like a a $1,000 reward. Well, that's not so bad. No. Did he ever, did, uh, do you think the police ever talked to him about Missy's disappearance? Um, I'm not for sure. I really don't know. They say they did. And I don't really know if they did or not. And did you ever, any of these people, including Doug, any of these other people, these other guys um, that were, you know, kind of in your orbit, both you and Missy's orbit at the time, did any of them ever offer up any theory as to what happened to Missy? No. No, not never, at all. Never said that maybe she just ran off. Yeah. Never no. said that she, you know, uh, you know, anything like that. Nothing. Nothing. Was she even a topic of conversation after she disappeared with any of these people? No. It's very strange. What did you think about no. that at the time? It It's strange to me because Missy was well known. All of us girls were well known, and you know, uh, one of a, we we could be on the streets, and one person would pull up to me and go, "Oh, I thought you was Missy," and you know, and nobody ever talks about her no more. I mean, I got people that ask me, you know, have they ever found your sister? You know, I got people that ask me that all the time. Any word on your sister? No, nothing. And, and all I can tell them is they're at a dead end. That's all I can tell anybody. They're at a dead end. And Nobody's doing nothing. And any of these, once again, any of these guys uh, that we've mentioned before, Doug, Gilbert, John, Eugene, any of these other, other people that you've mentioned, uh, like maybe a year after she disappeared, did any of them like try to hunt you down and say, hey, whatever happened to your none. just None? None. So it's like almost like Missy never existed. Yeah. That had to hurt. Yeah, it does. To this day, it does. But all I can do is throw my hands up and let God handle everything for me. 
And the listeners should know one thing, because if they do a search for Patricia Hollitz, and we yeah. should say Jerry Proctor, he was in jail by the time Missy disappeared, correct? Yes. So yes. He, he is not a, cannot be a suspect. If something of uh, like foul play did happen to Missy, Jerry Proctor would not be a candidate for that because he was mm-hmm. in jail. Yes. And in fact, um, I don't know if he's still in jail or maybe he died. Um, he, I, from what I heard, he hung himself. Right. I think I read that, yeah. that he killed himself in jail. I think yes. that's correct. But if anybody's going to look up the uh, the murder of Patricia Howlett, they're going to find that even Patricia's father believed that more than one person caused her, you know, murder, that Jerry Proctor did not act alone. In fact, there's a there was a huge uh, news article back at the time on how uh, Patricia Howlett's father was continuing to try to figure out who else was responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't even know, you know, Mr. Howlett is even still alive anymore. I really don't know, but I don't, I don't know, but this would have been an article written. I, I forgot the date of it, but he was convinced that there might've been more people. And that could be the reason that the defense lawyer in Jerry Proctor's case brought up Doug Daystrom. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and no other men, the, the listener should know, no other people were brought up as possible accomplices to Jerry Proctor. The only person that was brought up was Doug Daystrom, who who you knew, who Missy knew, and um, you know, uh, you know, had some sort of association with uh, Missy. Okay, let's move on to this. You've already mentioned uh, your your older sister Georgina. You've already mentioned yes. that she was murdered. Um, first of all, maybe just real quick, tell the listeners a little bit about your older sister, Georgina. Were you close George- to her? Yes. Me and Georgina, I mean, yeah, Georgina used to try to beat me up when I was little, when we were little, she hmm. didn't want me around. She wanted to be the only child and Georgina and I fought. Yes. Yeah, sisters do that. Um, sure. Georgina had three kids, three siblings. She had Robert, who has passed away. He's up in heaven with her now. She has Matthew, and she had Landria. Uh, Matthew went to a guy named um, Mike Little, who my little sister Missy always called dad. And then um, her her daughter went to my aunt, Kathy Leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Georgina and I, we fought, yes, Missy and her fought. You know, I can remember times when if Georgina didn't get her way, she'd call the police or she'd try to come at you with a pair of scissors or hit you in the head with a bottle. You know, and she did that to Missy several times. Georgina had gotten married. She's married day um, to a Hawk Kimball. He he lives here in Mina, Nevada. Um, he's trying to move on with his life. He still can't forgive himself for Georgina, you know, being being murdered. He tries to blame himself for that because they separated. She came back to Iowa to try to find out about her sister, my sister, Melissa, and left him in Utah. Hmm. Yeah. What were the circumstances of Georgina's murder? It happened in uh, 2006. How did that all happen? Georgina was always out questioning about Melissa, my sister. She was always out questioning about Missy. And... She was always, you know, her, she was staying with some friends or some guys she was staying with. And they went over to this Keith Owens Parker's house a lot, I guess, from what people are saying. And they would get high. 
And once the dope was gone, the guy would get mad and pull out a knife just to tease him. Well, I guess the man had been up for four to five days and said he was going to go kill himself a prostitute. This is what I was got told from the people that in the building where they found Missy. He was going around telling people that. Um, he had been in prison before. The Keith Owens Parker had been in prison before for uh, trying to cut some woman's boobs off or something. I don't know. But um, they had let him out. And the reason he said that he had murdered somebody is because he couldn't handle society. So he murdered my sister, Georgina. Did they know each other? Georgina, I guess, would go over and get high at his house. Okay. And so one and of you, know was it she, one of these times she went over there and he did that? or No, he had went up and picked her up on the streets. He knew who he was picking up. He had it all planned out. Wow. Got her home and got him, got her at his place. And I don't know if they were getting high and the dope was gone and she wouldn't put out. And he raped her and killed her. And did he turn himself in or did the police have to yes. figure? He did. No, he, yes. He turned himself in. And left your sister's body in his place? or Yes. Yes, left her in his place. He left her in his place, went downtown to the, the Polk County Police Department in Des Moines, Iowa, and said that he'd just kill a prostitute and gave him the address. And it was barricaded, so they had to bust the door down. Did and I was, in, I was in jail at the time it happened for prostitution. Did... Missy, no, Kevin Owens Parker. I believe she did. I had I had dated the guy at one time. You had? He, yes, he had picked me up and gave me money. But I felt very leery about that time, too, because I was laying in his bed. I didn't know if there was a body next to us or what, because there was a whole bunch of blankets covered up on one bed, on the bed. So I don't know. You know, and this was before Missy disappeared. So this could have been two. So you had personally known Keith Owens Parker so for possibly yes. since 2001 then, possibly. Yes, yes. So if you knew him, probably Missy knew him. Yes. And then we know that Georgina knew him. Yes. Um, have you ever thought about the possibility that Keith Owens Parker also I had something have. to do with Ms. Linson's disappearance? I have. Keith Owens is sitting in prison to this day. He got life without the possibility of parole. And before my grandfather died, he made sure that would happen. Uh, any idea? I mean, I'm, I, I, once again, it would have been hard to try to trace this all back from 2006, but any idea where Keith Owens Parker was on the day slash night that Missy disappeared? Any idea? No, no. I know he did live on Ingersoll. I did know that, but on Ingersoll Grand Avenue. I think it was Grand. He lived right up the street from where Missy disappeared at. And to your knowledge, uh, is there any rumors or anything that uh, he could have uh, murdered anybody else besides Georgina? Or do you think that Georgina was his first? What do you think? I, I'm not for sure. I'm, I've been asking myself that same question. I've asked, I ask myself that every day. As it is, I have to say, from a standpoint of, you know, my, you know, that after yeah. doing this program for two years, 
You know, I don't like hearing about a guy that committed a, you know, a murder four years after, and then it turns out a woman who disappeared, especially if it's a sister, yes, uh, disappeared, and then the sister who disappeared knew this murder too. Yeah. You know, that's, wow. You know, that really yeah. makes you think, and I'm sure that, it, you know, like you said, it's making you think uh, yeah. to this day. Um, let's put it this I way. Mean, I've always got told that I could go out there maybe and just ask him why and ask him if he had anything to do with my little sister. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I've thought about that and thought about that, but I never really did it. Okay. You know, I never took the time out to do it. And plus I don't have the money to drive and do all that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you live in Nevada now and yes, he's in Iowa. And he's in Iowa. Yes. Okay. When I was there, I thought about it, but I don't have a license. You know, and I mean, I don't know if my mom is capable of doing it. She said, you know, she, 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 she forgives the man and I forgive him because for me to be able to move on and her to be able to move on, we have to be able to forgive. That's what, but I won't never forget. I'll try not to ever forget it. After Missy disappeared, and being that you knew Keith Ellen Parker before she disappeared, after Miss mm-hmm. Melissa disappeared, did you ever think that? Be, and this would have been before Gina was mur- Georgina was murdered. Did you ever think that Keith Ellen Parker could have caused Melissa to disappear? Did that's that ever? What I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's crossed my mind. Yes. It I'm asking. I'm asking you. Did it cross your mind at the time? Before yes, it has. Mm-hmm. It, it has. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, just you know, there's a lot of um, possibilities in this case. Uh, you yes, know, you, you know, obviously you, uh, you, you and your mother, who I know is connected with me on Facebook now, yeah. um, been through a lot. I mean, that's you know, losing two sisters in four years. You know, one to a disappearance, one to uh, outright murder. Yes. Um, tough times, even to this day. Yes, it is. Tough times. Um, now I, I do want to ask you this, you know, we have some suspects there. We don't know where this all goes. The police, who knows if they're even, they've even asked Keith Owens Parker. Do you even know if yeah. they've even asked Keith Owens Parker about? No, not that I know of. Not, you know. Okay. No, I mean, there's a new officer on the case. Um, I'd have to look his name. It's Detective. Uh, it's a Spanish name, I believe. I have talked to him and everything and he swears up and down that he was looking at some lady that kind of looked like Missy that had an ID back then when Missy disappeared and he said he's kind of looking at it and he said she's got three kids now I don't know who this lady is but he sent me a picture of her and I I don't know if I still have it on my on my you know on my on my thing then I forgot where he said she lived too well I'd like to see that picture well, really if like I, to, you could if find I it. have it on my phone still, I, I'll, I'll surely uh, text it to you or message it to you. Okay, because I would, I would like to take a look at it. Do you think that she looks anything like your sister? No, she don't look nothing like Missy. Nothing. And my mom even said that. No, because Missy looks, Missy looks like Missy. She looks a little bit like my aunt, like me. I look a lot like my mom and my my aunt. But Missy looks like Missy. I mean, she looks like my mom. She's got 
You know, I don't have you ever seen have you seen a picture of my sister yet? I've seen a couple pictures. I'm not yeah. gonna say all pictures, but I've seen a couple yeah. pictures of her. One with long, yeah. curly blonde hair. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And uh, you know, we both we both that's why they thought we always looked alike because her hair parted on one side and mine parted on the other and we both had long hair. And it was curly, naturally curly. Yeah. All right. Um, I I have to ask you this. I think this is this will be helpful, probably to listeners and you know some families, some parents out uh-huh. there. You know, you were in this lifestyle for a long time. Yes, you know, I you was. got into it. Uh, it's dangerous. We know all of the ailments and issues that come along with it. But you know, you've you, you know you came out the other side. You know, you uh, you have a legitimate. Uh, job these days. Yes, uh, I do. Obviously, you're on this program with me. You sound like a very intelligent woman. Um, what, um, what finally got you out of it? What, what was? Um, I, I believe it was when Georgina, when Georgina was murdered. You know, and I had to, I had to change my life. I wasn't. I, if I didn't change my life around, I believe I would have ended up gone. I would have ended up dead. Because I was into drugs. I never shot dope in my life. I'm scared to death of needles. I've smoked crack. That was my drug of choice. When I grew up, I smoked pot and drank with my father. And then I would pop pills. And my mom would used to have those white crosses. You know, and I used, to, I used to do white crosses. I used to steal them out of her purse and take them. I've done black beauty. I mean, you know, I've, and I've, I've tried meth. I've smoked it. But it never really did anything for me, so I just stuck to crack afterwards, and that was my drug of choice. And then you just quit cold turkey. I I had to, I had to, wow. because it was taking me nowhere in life. I wasn't going to work. I was always out trying to get money and ended up in jail, and I didn't want to be in jail no more. I wanted to straighten my life around, and it was for the better of me. And for the better of my mother, I didn't want my mother, I didn't want to have to go to my mother's grave. You know, my mom is, she's a COPD. She has borderline emphysema. She's a stage three and a half of COPD. You know, I don't want my mom to have to come see me or me to go to my mom's funeral in shackles. You know, yeah. I want to straighten my life up for the better of me. Do you think that's what it took? Lois, that you you yourself had to had to do it. I mean, I'm sure there were many people around you that were trying to convince you to stop, but it was you yourself who finally had, had to come, to had to make the decision. Yes. yes, it was me. I mean, all the I I've been to treatments. I I don't know. I can't I can't even count how many treatments I've been to. I've been in and out of treatments. I can't even count how many times. Even when I was young, I've been in treatment. What would you say to maybe to parents out there who maybe have, uh, you know, because you should know if you don't know that, you know, that the it seems like a lot of the women who disappear, that we cover their disappearances on Unfound, a lot of them do have some drug issues. Yeah. You know, different drugs, different areas, different time frames. But um, we run into, a you know, quite a bit of that. Yeah. And if you could say something to parents out there who maybe have teenagers who that you they think are, 
you know, maybe on the wrong track, maybe kind of on the track that you and Melissa and Georgina got on to, what would you say to those parents right now? What should they, could they do? Is there anything that could be done uh, to get those kids, you know, back on the right track, especially all if they're I a girl? Wanna, all I want to tell them is just love your, love your, love your kids. Um, let them decide when they want to. Um, let them know that, you know, you could lose a family and that you do love them no matter what they've been through, no matter what they're going through, always love them. You know, it, it's going to be hard, but let them know, hey, look, that could be you one day. You could be in that casket, yes. You know, it just, it, for me, it took my sisters and my life to change. It's hard. I've had friends back in Iowa, yes. That's still you, but I can't go around them. There's a friend there named Heidi, and I can't go around her. And I, she's my best friend because she uses, you know. And it, I told her, I said, no, I can't be here because if I'm around you, I'm going to want to use. Yeah. But I can't do it. I have to be strong. I have to do this. Yeah. But just for the families, you know, just be strong for their, their kids, you know, their loved ones that are, are using. Give them a chance to realize, hey, look, this is not my life. Everybody's going to hit rock bottom. And that rock bottom, rock bottom might bring them up and it might not bring them up. But they got to be there for them no matter what. Okay. Okay, it's interesting that you say that about, you know, you just, you know, you still have some friends from, you know, back at that time, and it's just like yes. you can't be around them anymore. They're going to do no, what they're going to do, and you have yeah. to do what you're going to do. Yes, yes. And if I may ask, you know, we've already said that you don't live in Iowa anymore. Do you think it helped that you moved away from there? Yes, that, it does help. It does help. I mean, yes, it's it's around. It's around everywhere. You know, crack, yeah. meth. Sure. But I'm not. I'm not big on meth, but you know, crack. It's everywhere. It is. Any drug is anywhere right now. Anywhere you go, you can find it. But as long as I'm not with a friend that does it, and I know I don't crave it. I haven't craved Good. it for six years. Good. Yes, almost seven years. Good for you. Yeah. Good and I'm you. proud of myself for it. I'm proud of you too. I'm proud of you too because we all Thank know you. that there are people who never escape. No, and, and maybe they never. don't disappear, maybe they don't get murdered, but they live their entire life, however long it goes. You know, yeah. you know, you know, being yeah. ruled by drugs. You know, drugs yeah. rule their life. Yes, they do. Yeah. Well, I know that um, Melissa's disappearance is on Charlie Project. It's on Namus. Uh, is there a Facebook page or? Anything not else? That I, not, that, not that I know of. I just okay. know that she's on, um, what is that, Missing missing Persons? It's on um, It's on a cold, cold case. Okay. I know it's on cold case. Okay. For Iowa, I believe. Oh, right, right, but right. I've seen it up, there. You're yeah. right. I've seen it. That's right. Yes. I've seen it. I've seen it. Okay. Yeah, because Iowa has a pretty decent cold case website one of the yes, better ones do. probably of all the site all the states that's true yes 
Uh, sure. They had it up on a billboard at one time, and uh, Missy's face came across it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that picture of Missy that's on there, if you look at it, if you see, you'll see a little piece of the dark hair on her hair mm-hmm. or by her. That's me. I'm okay. standing right next to her, and we got those pictures done at Super Target in Omaha, Nebraska. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if I've seen that picture, but when I see it, I'll know. I guess now. Yeah. If not, I have. I think I have some that I could send you. Okay. Well, I, if you'd I, like I, a picture of it. Sure. Sure. Okay. Sure. And I'm also wondering, maybe since you don't have a Facebook page, uh, so I maybe... do. Missy, Missy never did. All right. Well, you you don't have one specifically for Missy's disappearance. No, I don't. Okay. Well, maybe uh... I'll, I'll I'll maybe I don't know how to do it. I mean, well, I, what I was going to say <laughs> is I know that some of my listeners have helped others who don't have Facebook pages set up get okay. them set up. So I'm hoping that uh, maybe one of my listeners will contact you. Okay. You know, and uh, set it up for you. If, you know, if you don't have the time or don't have the knowledge, whatever. Okay. Um, you know, you could maybe work with one of my listeners who wanted, wants to do that in their spare time. Set it up for you with the pictures, and you know, yep. you know, because that can definitely raise the, um, you know, the sightings. You know, the you know when yep. people do a search, you know that's going to come up. And we know how so many people are on Facebook now that you probably should have a Facebook page. Yeah. You know, yeah. Regarding. Well, her. you know, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if my if you probably you never talked to my mom yet, but you know my mom is had a dream about Missy, and it just it keeps popping up in her head that Missy is in a field somewhere, mm. and there's a man standing over her in a suit with glasses, and mm. he's just he's right by her. My mom, you know, we don't know if she got put in a dumpster. We don't know if she's got put in a box praying upward, like you know. We don't know any of this, but we would just like to find Missy. You know, okay. that's all we want to do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, before we conclude this interview, Lois, any final words? No. No. Okay. Just thank you very much for wanting to help us. Uh, that's what we're here to do. Um, thank you. You know, I'm, I know that I'm sure that once this episode is out of course people listening to it now this will play this friday which is uh let me see that's going to be uh august 10th okay. uh, i'm sure I people are going to be mo- i told my mom to um you know to accept you as facebook friend yep, that way friends. she can look at your unwanted your un your unpost your um unfound discussion group yeah sure yes. sure and i'll, that's, I'll be I told her. that's good that's a perfect thing to do yeah um but I'm sure some of these uh, listeners are going to be looking up some of these people that we've mentioned in particular. Of course, Jerry yes. Proctor, Doug Daystrom, Keith Owens Parker. I'm sure they're going to look up the murder of Patricia Howlett. And they're all, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of more people are going to be familiar with Melissa's disappearance. And we can only hope that something good comes of that. I hope so, too. Thank you very much, Edward. And Lois, I appreciate yes. you being on this episode of Unfound. Thank you. You're welcome. You have a good day, sir. And that was my interview with Lois Hasley, sister of Melissa Hasley. I thank her for being on the program. I made a mistake during the episode. Patricia Hallett was murdered in 1994, not 1998. 
1998 was the year Jerry Proctor was finally prosecuted for the murder. During that time he was out, though, Melissa certainly hung out with him. But I also need to correct a mistake that media outlets have made since 2002. Melissa had no children, whereas in many places you will find that it says she had three children. Once again, she had none. Lois and I did not have a chance to correct the record during the interview. I started this episode wondering if we as a society have changed. Have we become more callous, despite the crime rate falling? Have we become more, well, lucky it wasn't me, despite us being more cognizant than ever of what goes on out there? Sex trafficking, terrorism, drug addiction. For many of the friends of people who have disappeared, I think the answer is yes. And over the last two years, nothing has pained me more than telling families that they shouldn't be surprised that friends, co-workers, ex-boyfriends and girlfriends move on and never inquire about their missing loved one again. That is common. More so than I'd like to admit. Now with Melissa, her situation may be a bit unique. Because at least one, if not two of her friends were murderers. Two men you wouldn't expect to come forward with anything, even if they knew something. In fact, either one or both could be responsible for Melissa's disappearance. But what about the rest of the people in Melissa's circle? Sure, some of them were addicts and prostitutes. But should that matter? It shouldn't. Where are they? Where are their testimonials about Doug Daystrom and whoever else could have caused Melissa's disappearance? Why didn't they personally seek out Lois and Georgina after Melissa disappeared from the party? As you heard, the friends couldn't even offer a theory. All these years later, do they really know nothing? I doubt it. With that, I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to Unfound.